AdFreeShows.com has two can't-miss events this April. April 5th, the Nature Boy will join AdFree Shows members to watch his WrestleMania 8 title match against the Macho Man Randy Savage 30 years later. And then we'll celebrate 25 years since Barely Legal 1997 with Taz and Sabu joining us for a live watch-along on April 14th. This is your chance to watch your favorite wrestling moments with your favorite wrestling stars exclusively at AdFreeShows.com. You know, I get the question all the time, Conrad, I know you help people save money and you help people refinance, but could you actually help me buy a house? Yeah, buddy. Come on now. Buywithconrad.com is your hookup. And let me give you a heads up. You don't need a huge down payment to buy a house in 2022. In fact, you may not need a down payment at all. There are still loan programs out there that can get you out of your apartment and into a brand new house with no money down. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but buddy, we're doing it pretty routinely. And you don't have to be a veteran, but yeah, we can still help our veterans get into a house with no money down. But more importantly, we're going to help you get on the path to buy a house this year. You see, a lot of times we have these conversations and folks say, well, I've got a little bit of time left on my lease, or I'm not sure exactly when I'll be ready or how much of a down payment do I need to save up? My advice, don't get ahead of yourself. Let's start the pre-approval process. Let's know what your new house payment could look like. You'll tell us how much down payment you want to have. Maybe the answer is zero. That's cool. And then you'll tell us what you want your monthly payment to be. And then you go shopping for your dream home. But step one starts at buywithconrad.com. And hey, did you know that when you go to file your taxes as a homeowner, you're going to get a statement back from your mortgage company that's going to say, hey, you can write off this amount of interest this year. How much of your rent are you writing off this year? None of it. Oh, and by the way, what's your interest rate on your rent? Well, that would be 100%, pal. You know you can do better than 100% interest. That's what rent is. Stop throwing your money away. And by the way, we can even help you get rid of your current house and get into a better house if you already have a house but you think, you know what, it's time for a new place. We can help you at buywithconrad.com. That's buywithconrad.com, B-U-Y with Conrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And be sure to ask about our green light underwrite. We can actually get your file completely underwritten, and that allows you to negotiate like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. Listen up, mucker feathers. If you just can't get enough of 83 weeks, we've got tons more waiting for you over at adfreeshows.com. Bonus episodes, all the archives with zero, yes, I said zero ads. Plus, we've got interactive events and experiences with yours truly. You can ask me anything, chat one-on-one during our live locked and loaded events. And if you joined us in Chicago this year for Top Guy Weekend, we got to hang out the entire weekend weekend, and it was a blast. I can't wait for Top Guy Weekend 2022. Hey, want to hear me rip Greg Gagne, Vince Russo, and others? A new one on our popular Eric Fires Back series. I eviscerate Twitter trolls on me tweet receipts, plus bonus watch alongs and tons more. Do yourself a favor right now, Google the internet, and you won't find a better value in all of wrestling than over at adfreeshows.com. You not only get 83 weeks, but all of Conrad Thompson's podcasts early and ad free and on video. For as low as $9 a month. Come on, man. You can't beat it. Join the family today at adfreeshows.com.
Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. Eric, what's going on, man? How are you? I am back home. Back home after just a hell of a good time in Dallas. I got in Wednesday afternoon and hit the ground running and stayed pretty busy through the whole thing. But, man, I just had a blast with you and the whole ad-free shows team, Dave Silva, Evan Polisher, Cassio cracked me up, Clint, Derek, everybody. Just I just had so much fun. I like I like you. We, you and I were talking about this on the show. Derek came, you know, and he hung out with us. You kind enough to provide a beautiful Airbnb for all of us to stay in, which just makes the whole thing so much more fun for us. Isn't it us. way better than a hotel? It's always oh better my than God. a hotel. I don't think I could go back to the stay three day or four days in a hotel thing again. I yeah. don't. I just can't do that. It's and it, believe me, it's a luxury. Some people look forward to it; they should. But when you're at a wrestling event and a convention, and you're in a hotel, you're either locked in your room, which is cool, you know, get away from everything, decompress, do what you got to do, or you're down amongst the energy, and that's cool too. But it's nice to be able to get away from that and and just you know relax and be yourself. But we had so much fun. Garrett had a blast. Laughed so hard. It was just, and then, you know, the fans and the support we got at ad free shows at our booth at WrestleCon, the people that came out to the show, it just, it was just, damn, that's fun stuff. Super fun. Can't thank everybody enough for coming out to uh, WrestleCon to see us, of course, to see our, our show there at Gillies in Dallas, our first time doing Gillies, uh, such a wonderful venue, great group of folks, and man, uh, Road Dog's got a podcast now. Oh, you didn't know with Ryan Katz. Uh, Let me jump in there, brother. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I get excited over some things. All the years I've spent in the wrestling business, the amount of ground that I've covered, places I've worked, people I've met, I've never met Road Dog. Wow. I mean, we've crossed paths. Don't get me wrong. We've bumped into each other. We may have even nodded and said hello, but never have I sat down and had a conversation yeah. with him. And more importantly, never had I been around Jeff Jarrett and road dog at the same time. And I, I was so impressed, man. He is such an entertaining person and a good dude, but his stories, his delivery, his podcast is going to be fire because he's, he's an entertainer. Yes. Above all else, he is an entertainer. And again, like Jeff Jarrett just so many great stories and exposure to the business and a perspective across the board, man, I, people are in for a treat when it comes to that podcast. I'm, I'm hoping and expecting really good things. His, uh, recall and all that he's done in the business. And as long as he's been in and his humor, I think he's more like Bruce Pritchard than anyone that I've come across as far as storytelling. I think it's going to be a fun show, man. Yeah. And Bruce is one of the best. Bruce is an amazing storyteller, but I, I, I I love Bruce. I think road dogs funnier. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe because I've only been around road dog a little bit now, like cup of coffee. And I've been around Bruce a fair amount, but road dogs, his sense of humor and timing and his wit is unbelievable. Yeah. He's great. I really look forward to it. Great addition to the network. Check him out. It's, oh, you didn't know his co-host will be Ryan Katz, uh, who a lot of people know was a, a backstage player with WWE for a long time, but 
man, his wrestling resume. Well, I'll let him explain it. Just go subscribe for free anywhere you enjoy podcasts. Oh, you didn't know our other guest that day, uh, who was announced at least ahead of time, Mr. Regal. And he, uh, threw his hat in the ring. He's going to be starting a podcast gentleman villain. And man, he told the story about Sid. I had never heard. I don't think you had ever heard an unbelievably oh. funny story of Van Hammer that you were able to, um, I don't know. Uh, Hey, Robbery. I was there and, and be witness for, uh, really, really fun stuff. Uh, excited to see what's next for those guys. Uh, so if you haven't already hit the subscribe button, gentleman villain, and oh, you didn't know. But man, we'd be remiss, you know, you and I are recording on Monday. We normally have our shows drop on Monday morning. Now we're recording on Monday morning because of our travel. Now with the benefit of hindsight, we can talk about what we saw this weekend, whether that's the undertaker's induction speech, whether that's FTR and the Briscoe brothers for ring of honor, uh, whether that's night one of WrestleMania and the unbelievable debut of Cody Rhodes. Night two of WrestleMania, and I can't believe this is real. Vince McMahon taking stunners. A lot to unpack this weekend. Where would you like to get started today, Eric? Oh, let's start at the beginning, man. I got to work in chronological order. Hall of Fame for me. Hall yeah. of Fame. Let's start there. What'd you think, man? Undertaker finally got his day. I don't know what we expected. I don't think we expected to him for him to look like he was doing a TED talk, but he was comfortable. And it was a side of Mr. Callaway we've never seen before, which is so important. You know, we've all, you know, known the character now and have been entertained by this amazing character and, and, and the guy that executed it for so long. But man, when you get behind the curtain and it's hard for talent, you know, especially I would imagine, I don't know, you know, undertake on a personal level very well. So I'm not, suggesting that I know how he thinks here, but I, I would think that with a, a character like that, um, that, that's been shrouded in mystery, you know, undertaker hasn't gone and hasn't had a lot to say in the public over the years. He's not been in the public eye outside of the ring and the things that he did in the ring, you know, hasn't been mired in controversy. hasn't been too outspoken about too much. Um, he's kind of kept to himself and to be able to hear him, the man behind that character was so fascinating. I thought that whole, I mean, the Steiner brothers, uh, that was so cool. Yeah. I just love that moment. And I, I say this frequently when people say, what are you looking forward to most at WrestleMania? And I know people are expecting me to pick a match or something, but for me, it, it's always the hall of fame. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who's going in it for me because no matter who goes in it, that moment is one of the biggest moments in their lives. And some people will admit that some people want to be a little too cool for school, whatever um, that moment, however long it lay in his in undertaker's case, it lasts a long time, but whether it's you're up there for five minutes or seven minutes or, or longer, those are the coolest five or seven minutes or longer, probably in your life in many respects. It's just a magic moment. It's hard to describe. I didn't, what last year when I was inducted, I didn't have, you know, the crowd. So that, that part of it was lacking, but it didn't matter to me emotionally. It was like, wow, I can't, I can't. Wow. After all this, here I am. And Undertaker and his story, his journey, being inducted by Vince McMahon, the way Vince did, so authentic and real and emotional. And 
I, I think that's why we watch this stuff, isn't it? Yeah. To, to, to tap into the emotion of it all. It was so cool. It was just, I, I can't even, you know, when am I at a loss for fucking words? Never. Right. Yeah. You no, know, but I'm almost at a loss of words over this. That's how good it was. And then of course, uh, that same night we got to sit down and, uh, unfortunately we couldn't see it live. We were doing our show, but we did want to go catch up on FTR and the Briscoes. Uh, and we also saw Samoa Joe come back for ring of honor. So he's now part of AEW slash ring of honor. This was Tony Khan's first event with ring of honor. I know neither of us got to see the whole show, but I personally was pumped to see FTR and Briscoes. I thought they tore it down. I thought it was a great first impression for Tony Khan with ring of honor and in typical Tony Khan fashion, he wanted a big surprise and he got one with Samoa Joe. I'm glad to see uh, Samoa Joe throwing his hat back in the ring. I thought for a while there, he was going to be a part of WWE and maybe that meant he was done with in ring competition, but knowing we're going to get to see Joe, but in, in the squared circle again, I'm excited about that dude. Oh, so am I, I, I love Samoa Joe as a person. He is a great guy. Consider him a friend, uh, an, an amazing performer. I'm really happy for Joe and for Tony that, you know, that marriage came together and it's real fun to watch, you know, you know the full circle, right? It's kind of where Samoa Joe got to start, uh, in many respects. And now he's, he's been to the mountaintop. He's seen it all, done a lot of it. And now he's right back. Uh, to where, in a way, his his journey started, and that story in itself, I think, is really interesting to me. It's great backstory, but expect a lot out of Joe. Joe's an intense guy, you know. I don't know where he's at physically. I don't know if he's, you know, carrying some injuries along with him that's going to slow him down or change the way he works in the ring. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But whether it does or it doesn't, it's not going to affect his intensity when he comes to the ring. And he's believable. He can work his ass off. I'm really excited for Joe and for Tommy and and ring of honor. And then of course we got to talk about night one. Uh, you and I got to watch night one together. Uh, I made it back uh, to the house just in time, uh, to take in most of the show and my goodness, the Cody Rhodes debut. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation about what he would do, what he wouldn't do, how he would be received. There were a lot of doubters. I mean, even in my group chat, there were guys who said, ah, they won't know what to do with him. Or, ah, Cody's not a top guy. Or, ah, I never saw him there. Or, ah, they're going to make him stardust, buddy. Uh, all of that talk went away real fast. Did it not magic? Just one word. Magic. Yeah. Everything from the entrance, the match, post-match production, the visuals, reactions to the crowd. I mean, what element of that entire presentation was not a 10 on a scale of one to 10? Yeah. I don't know. I can't, I couldn't pick it out. That was so good. I was so, so happy to be able to watch that live. Proud of and I reached out to, to Cody. We've connected afterwards and just so proud of him, not of him because I had nothing to do with it. I'm proud for him. There you go. I really, really am. 
such a really cool moment. Uh, of course, we also saw unbelievably, I think a lot of people had on their bingo card that Ronda Rousey was going to beat Charlotte flair. It didn't happen. Charlotte flair retained and I'll be darned stone cold. Steve Austin came back and he didn't come back just for shenanigans. He had an actual match with Kevin Owens. Beers were drank. Middle fingers were flipped. There were four wheelers. It was the Steve Austin show. And we even saw a little bit of it again on night two. What'd you think of seeing stone cold running around doing his thing again? Same thing, man. It's just, I know I'm, you know, it's, I'm older, you know, I, but to see Steve in there doing what Steve is so great at doing. And, and even beyond that, forget about the fact that Steve and I are friends and, you know, spent a lot of time in the industry together over the same period of time. You know, we're peers in that era. If you want to put it that way, forget about all that. The crowd reaction. Yeah. Just. It was awesome, man. It was just awesome. I got home. Just, I came home. I got back last night, just in time. I turned on Peacock and I picked up right through the Pat McAfee, um, Vince McMahon stuff. It just, I don't know, man. I, I can't say enough good things about it. It was so much fun. And I think for me, WrestleMania is all about the emotion. And I think WWE did a fantastic job of balancing nostalgia yes. with what's going on today. The hot story, the hot, you know, matchup, obviously, you know, Brock and Roman was really great. Rousey, as you mentioned with, uh, Show Flair, fantastic. Um, there were so many great things, but it was such a well well balanced presentation. And I know people are gonna be laughing about, you know, the stunner and you know, whatever. Come on, man. Come on, man. Uh, who's really being <laughs> critical of that? I mean, listen, you gotta be able to have fun when we've got 70 something year old guys doing physical stuff, like we give them a little bit of latitude here. Goodness. Oh, no, and that whole thing, you said it right. One word, fun. Yeah. You pay money to be entertained and having fun is a part of that. And that was, that whole segment was nothing but fun. Agree. Think about it. And yeah, the started with horrible. And, you know, I would imagine Vince is very angry with himself, uh, but hopefully he gives himself a break because he entertained the hell out of me and a lot of people, man, hats off to Vince and, the entire team, Bruce, everybody, Kevin Dunn, so many people, man. That was what an incredible event. In many ways, I think it's one of my favorite WrestleManias in a long time. Looking for a great Mother's Day or Father's Day gift idea? I was, and I found it at Paint Your Life. With Paint Your Life, you'll get a hand painted portrait created to fit almost any budget, and it's a great gift idea for your mother, your father, or both. You say Paint Your Life transforms your photos into a one-of-a-kind, beautiful, hand-painted portrait created by professional artists. You upload anything you can imagine. You can even combine photos. You'll pick the artist, the medium. You can even customize the frame. And you can receive your painting in as little as two weeks. You can give the most meaningful gift you've ever given at PaintYourLife.com. And there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money's refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, just text the word WEEKS to 87204. That's WEEKS to 87204. Text WEEKS to 87204. 
Paint Your Life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Man, this past April, I got a little nervous. I started to see my dad start to thin a little bit, not around the waist, but around the top of his head. And I got nervous until I remembered that there are only two FDA approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months means you don't have to leave your home. It's also low cost. Treatments start at just $10 a month and Keeps offers generic versions. They've got discreet packaging and proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of their competitors and prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results. So act fast. And if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to KEPS.com slash 83 weeks to get your first month of treatment for free. That's KEPS.com slash 83 weeks to get your first month free. That's keeps.com slash 83 weeks. That's KEPS.com slash 83 weeks. It was so much fun. And I know people will be writing about it and talking about it forever you know, the business strategy of it being two nights, uh, it being one of those events where I think we saw on Friday night, there were 17 different individual events over and above WrestleCon. I mean, it's just such a crazy weekend. And now with all of that in the rearview mirror, we're going to try to talk about why we're really here. We're going to go back and watch an old episode of Monday Nitro from Huntsville, Alabama, Eric, who would have thought how weird is this going to be for me and you to watch this together? Yeah, this is like stepping back in the time machine. But before we continue with that, I want to talk a lot about one night versus two nights. Yeah. The economic impact of that. We don't need to do it here. We're going to do it on a brand new show starting over to add free shows tomorrow called strictly business. Mm. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk a lot about that. Now I'm not going to break it down in a, in a granular kind of way, but more from a strategic oversight kind of perspective. What does it do? How does it benefit WWE? You know, is it better to go one night or two nights? We'll talk about all of that. And we're going to throw some numbers around. That'll make the story at least a little, it'll give you a different perspective. Um, may not be, the right perspective may not be the wrong perspective, but it'll be a unique perspective on why the two night WrestleMania format is probably going to be with us for a long, long time. Adfreeshows.com is the place to grab that. And, uh, we should also mention tomorrow night, Eric live fans can actually jump on and do a watch along, along with Ric Flair. We're going to relive his WrestleMania eight match with the macho wow. man, Randy Savage. Uh, it's hard to believe that that was. Is that right? That can't be right. Is that right? No, Eric, that was a long time ago. That was 30 years ago. So yeah, unbelievable. we're going to be talking about that over at adfreeshows.com. I can't believe that's a real thing, uh, but we're going to make it happen. Uh, jump on and join with us. Uh, I'll be hosting. Of course, uh, Rick Flair will be riding shotgun. 
we'll watch the match, talk about what happened before, during, and after the match. But more importantly, you get to ask your questions with the nature boy. That's right. You get to talk to Rick at adfreeshows.com tomorrow night. Uh, but now let's jump into it, Eric. We've got, uh, at least I've got it pulled up on my side. I think you've got it pulled up on your side. We've got Peacock fired up to season three, episode 14. That's season three, episode 14. It's a one hour, 37 minutes and 45 seconds that we're going to watch together here of season three, episode 14. That's actually April 7th, 1997. And this should be a lot of fun today, man. Looking forward to it. Here, let me break up my calculator here. April 7th, 1997. Hold on. It's 25 years ago. 2002, right? That's what it is. Minus 1997. I have to use a calculator at this stuff. I'm just not able to do it in my head anymore. All right. 25 years ago this week, ladies and gentlemen, Tiger Woods, I believe won his first masters right around here. Could be wrong about that. I'm not a golf fan. Do not bust my chops. If I'm wrong. All right. I am admitting I am not a golf fan. I don't know golf history, but I do think Tiger Woods is a phenomenon. And I do believe he won his first masters in 1997, April 13th, 1997, six days after this, see that we inspired tiger. Tiger saw this pay-per-view and said they can do it. If WCW can rise from the ashes like the Phoenix itself, turn its business around, recreate the industry with just one idea, then I, Tiger Woods, can become the most dominant player in the game of golf. And guess what? We inspired him. He executed. He did. 25 years ago this month. Amazing. We're proud of you. All right, let's do it, boys and girls. Here we go. Season three, episode 14, April 7th, 1997. Eric, I'm going to do a countdown. And when I say play, we'll press play. Are you ready, bud? I am ready. Here we go. In three, two, one, play. Well, Savage has lost it now. Yeah. He's off the deep end. Boy, I'm going to tell you what. They are disarray, boy. Bischoff is trying to to talk some sense into it. Uh oh. Eric Bischoff stopped him from in there. He has stopped him, Tony. I've never agreed with Eric Bischoff in the last six months, but I do now. Well, he had to do that to save his man. What kind of hits her in the face? He's history. Wow. Savage. He's been talked out of this. Calm down. He needs to let her go, I guarantee it. Oh, no. He shut Bischoff down. And he oh. shoved it back. Oh, he nailed Bishop. He nailed Bishop. We have fight. We have turmoil within the new world order right at the end of, wow, Spring Stampede. So there you go. Spring Stampede was the night before in Mississippi. Of course, uh, famously, DDP and uh, Randy Savage in the main event. That was DDP's first main event, but certainly not his last. They're in the middle of what, uh, PWI or pro wrestling illustrated would call the feud of the year in 1997. Here we go. It is time for WOC World Championship Monday Night's Raw as we are rocking and rolling for two solid hours of live professional wrestling on television. 
what's more fun for you to watch nitro in 96 or 97. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. It, it, of course, it depends on what, what, what I'm watching from 96 or 97. I think 97 consistently, like from, you know, January 1st, 1997 through December 31st, 1997. I agree. That had to be consistently the best, but, you know, certain things happened during both periods that were pretty outstanding. It's, uh, it's just fun to go back and watch this era. And I mean, I wish. Yeah, I wish time travel was real. It'd be so cool to go back and hang out here. Just for the hey, it might be. I mean, you know, the meta universe is changing the way we live, so you never know. I think you've Hopefully had to we'll live long enough to be able to jump in a little time capsule and or put on our virtual goggles and actually be living in that period of time. They're working on that shit. Believe it or not, I'm keep not that, that shit up. up. There's going to be more people wanting to live back then than live now. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing some highlights here at DDP and, uh, Randy Savage. I mean, obviously WCW is, is trying to grow and because we've got such a strong heel faction in the NWO, we need some baby faces. We know that some of the WCW quote unquote homegrown talent, cause macho man does not check that box, but DDP does. And Goldberg does. Was that always something you were working on? Like, okay, we got these great antagonists here we're, we're gonna need some some baby faces we're gonna need some heroes we gotta create some sign some make some manufacture some something right well yeah you do you know and we did get you know top heavy in certain categories you know especially in the heavyweight division and we did need you need the balance to tell the stories but i'll, I'll be honest i was always aware of the criticism about WCW not creating talent. It didn't like get under my skin much. I didn't really give a fuck to be honest with you. Yeah. Like if, if I've got a star, I don't care if they came from somewhere else or I created them in my laboratory in my garage. I don't really care as long as they're moving the needle and, and making things happen. Um, but I was aware of it and probably um, took a little more interest, you know, obviously in DDP, once we decided to pull the trigger and, and give him that opportunity um, because I was so close to him personally and geographically, he lived down the street from me. I was paying real attention to that and aware that, wow, this is, this is a guy that we're actually going to be able to kind of shape and create. Although DDP had been around for a long time. Don't get me wrong. I first met DDP in the AWA back in 1987. So I'm not suggesting that we gave him his very first break, but we made him a star for the first time in his career. Same could be true, you know, same obviously for, for Goldberg, different situation. But I look back, not to dwell on this too much, I just said it really didn't matter to me, but, you know, in 2020 hindsight over the years, that's always been um, a knock on WCW during that period of time. But uh, I'm... I'll come out and tell you that I believe that we made Scott Hall and Kevin Nash bigger stars than they were in WWE. You did. They weren't homegrown stars in WWE either. They both left the WCW to go to WWE the first time and they became huge stars, but they became bigger stars in WCW. I'll suggest, but be open for debate that sting, you know, the, the, the Crow version of Sting was a bigger star than Surfer Sting. That's not a debate. That's a fact. Well, some people would argue that. Who? And that's Who's fine. been dumb you enough know, to we argue all have that? different opinions. No. 
But while WCW may not have created as many stars from scratch, we recreated stars and made other stars, bigger stars during this period of time. And a lot of that just had to do with how hot wrestling was. True or false. WCW turned its first profit with crow sting. I don't think, I don't think surfer sting was, was, was profitable for WCW. We made We made, I think we made our first dollar profit in 95. I thought it was 96 because it you had all the, 96. you had all the new startup costs for nitro in 95. Yeah. It may have been 96. And I would say, yeah, you're it. it that's a true statement. There's always been a debate. I can't believe it ever got this far, but there was this big debate, uh, usually amongst wrestling observer readers does sting deserve the hall of fame. And I just thought that was a little silly. Like, uh, yeah, of course, but there was a lot of, there was a huge argument against sting going in the hall of fame, which I couldn't wrap my head around. Is that even a consideration for you? I mean, Sting's certainly a hall of famer, right? And you gotta be. You've got to just really love to debate shit to debate that. I think so too. Like, I mean, that's crazy. Something else that's kind of crazy is we're talking over, uh, really an interesting collection of talent here. Uh, we've got psychosis and, and Hugh Morris. We've got, uh, Conan, Alex, Wright. So it's, it's Hugh Morris and, uh, and Conan against Alex, Wright And psychosis. I don't know that I would have ever imagined psychosis teamed with Alex, Wright, But here it is. Where are you sitting right now? You mentioned earlier as we started this thing off that you were in this venue. Now, first of all, before we get there, how old were you? I am uh, a couple of months shy from turning 16. I'm 15 years old here. Wow. Didn't even have a driver's license at this point. I have a permit and I'm sitting with uh, a friend on the floor underneath the hard cam. Maybe underneath the hard cam. Yeah. So we're we're not going to get a look at you. No. I don't think so. Well, I don't know, man. How far close to the, to the ring were you? I don't know, man. I would guess, I don't know, six, seven, eight rows back. So we may get a glimpse of the back of your head here. We may get a handheld shot. (laughs) Have we, have you seen this yet? Have you previewed the show? Uh, I haven't watched it this week, but I watched it years ago. I've seen every event from Huntsville in the last 10 years, at least that was on TV. And you don't remember seeing yourself. I don't remember seeing myself on this one. Well, imagine you're 15 and a half years old. You've got your permit, right? You're at this event. <laughs> you're seeing all this stuff. Little did you know. One day. A mere 25 years uh-huh. later, you're going to be the king of this industry in your own right. Oh, my gosh. Listen in this thing called podcasting. And people don't even know about the big stuff you got going. I know. It's not my story to tell. So I'm just going to sit here and shut the hell up when it comes to that, at least. But here you're a kid. You're 15 and a half years old. You're in Huntsville, which is not necessarily a mega market. No. And you're watching people that are going to be on this show that you are going to be interviewing 25 years later. How fucking awesome is that in real life? It's crazy to think that I believe this is the first time you and I were ever in the same building together. And now here we are shacking up all over the country. Whenever we have events, finding some Airbnb. <laughs> this is so cool. I love that. I, and that's what makes this podcast so much fun is, you know, you're, 
You're connecting generations. You're connecting periods of time and people in a way that they never expected they would be connected. Certainly, you and I would have. Wouldn't it be no. cool, though, if somebody would pull this aside and say, Eric, see that kid over there? I know yeah. he's only 15 and a half years old. I know he doesn't have his driver's license. <laughs> I get that. But someday, you and that kid are going to make some magic. I, I just think that's cool. Who thought, man? Here we are. This is a, a fun time in the business too. You know, uh, that spring stampede virate, I think exceeded a lot of the people's expectations, especially considering we didn't have the biggest, lo- most loaded card ever in that we didn't have Hulk Hogan on the show. Instead it's DDP and Randy Savage, but this is an interesting time for you because, Hey, everything the NWO touches is hot, hot, hot. It's a win all around. Uh, you're kicking Vince McMahon's ass on the regular basis. You've, uh, become really good friends with DDP. You acquiesced and, and allowed an opportunity to happen on nitro in January, 97 with some interaction with him and the NWO a few months later, he's main eventing a pay-per-view against Randy Savage. Were you feeling any sort of pushback from any of the guys about, oh, this is just because DDP's Eric's friend or at that point, had he won people over? No, I think at that point, he had, look, th- th- there were people that just didn't like DDP and there were people that just didn't like me. So those people are, and, and none of them would ever say anything to me, of course. So they probably wouldn't say anything to DDP, but they were there. We knew they were there. You're always going to have people that hate you no matter what you do, because for whatever. Um, I don't remember hearing any pushback. And I think largely that's because Paige had worked his way into that position in, in the literal sense of the, the word, he, he worked out hard, he trained, he was committed, he did what he had to do. And even the doubters who were watching him, Paige, you know, trying to get himself to the point where he could even be in the conversation about having a main event or semi-main event match, after a certain amount of time, even the people didn't like Paige, well, okay, yeah, I may not like him, but he's doing the work. So there's, you know, there were, there were some, but very, very few, and nobody would ever say anything to my face and certainly not pages. So there you go. Uh, Hugh Morris hits the big, uh, moonsault and that gets it done. Conan and Hugh Morris get the win here. Wonder how many times, how many shows Conan worked on over the weekend at WrestleMania, probably all of them. That guy has more relationships in wrestling than anybody. I didn't get a chance to see Conan this weekend. So I, I, I met, there was a couple of people I missed and didn't get a chance to talk to, but it was so crazy busy and the schedule was pretty full. So here we go. Mr. Regal and Ray Mysterio jr. Talk about styles clash. This should be fun. This will be a fun one to watch. I'm not going to talk over this one. You're talking about you couldn't get more opposite of styles and presentation and history and culture as it relates to, to, to professional wrestling than Regal and Mysterio. And that's what makes watching a guy like Regal so much fun because Regal has to adapt. He's got to make his opponent and he knows that nobody knows that better than Steven Regal. So this will be fun. It's a little weird that we saw him in the ring. As soon as we came back from commercial, we cut out the entrances. Like they didn't air on TV. I wonder why. Well, I think it's probably just short on time. I mean, this is before Nitro's a three hour affair. And so 
not saying this to be funny, but I think even this match, if I remember right, is going to be a backdrop to the NWO man. Regal slung Ray across the ring by his mask. That was a cool visual. Regal is such a class act. I had first time I've had an opportunity to sit down face to face. Regal and I have talked over the phone a couple of times in the last year or two, but you know, sit down face to face, have a cup of coffee in the morning. It was Mr. Regal stayed with us at the uh, Airbnb, the castle, <laughs> if you want to call it that. And uh, really had the chance for the first time in 25 years or so to just sit down and catch up on a personal basis. And it was just a great, great thing. I was so happy for it. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hey, here's a heads up. CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel like stress, anxiety, or pain feels is a better way to feel better. And if you're struggling with sleeplessness or nervousness, or just looking to relieve some pain without the harmful side effects, we recommend feels feels as a premium CBD that will help you keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free and delivered directly to your door. CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness, and there's no hangover or addiction. You place a few drops of feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. Now, the thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important and really everyone's dose is different. In fact, feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you can find your perfect dose. The feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure that you get the best use out of your CBD. Joining the Feels Monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save time and money on every order, and you can pause or cancel anytime. So start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash 83 weeks, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's feels.com slash 83 weeks to become a member and get 50% off automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. That's feels.com slash 83 weeks. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash 83 weeks. That's feels.com slash 83 weeks. Man, how, uh, I gotta tell you, oh, here comes the NWO parking out back. There's Hogan with the big gold belt. There's Eric Bischoff. Out comes the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase and Vincent. Let's take a listen. Where the line is drawn at that point. Families together, or they swim with the fishes. I hope you're right. Problems in the family. The families together, or they swim with the fishes. So now, Hogan is an old school mob act. <laughs> Sounded a little scary. Yeah, Regal though, man, made quite an impression. You know, my uh, my cousins who work with us down at the uh, the mortgage company. Save with Conrad.com or buy with Conrad.com. We really are first family mortgage. So Clint and Derek were with us and, uh, buddy, they were so excited when they saw Mr. Regal prepare his breakfast where he just, uh, opened a dozen eggs and drank them. Yeah. I, I, I didn't <laughs> see that, but I heard about it 
I was sitting outside having coffee and I think Derek, one of your cousins, Derek and Clint and Derek, I think came out and said, do you believe that? He just took out an egg and ate it, separated the yolk from the white and just, well, I didn't know that. That's pretty healthy, I guess. Must be. I just thought it was funny because, uh, my cousins were reacting like, you know, these are boys who grew up going to waffle house and huddle house and <laughs> he's eating them eggs raw. It was hilarious. <laughs> so fun. There was a lot of hilarity going on in that house over the weekend. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and we know where Garrett stands on the 90 10. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ray Mysterio here signaling. This is going to be the end. Let's track it. He's going for it on the top. He's Frank is front of another. Took him over. One, two. Could not hook the legs that time, Larry. Therefore, could not get the one, two, three. I think this match, Eric, that we're watching, which, by the way, you should go out of your way to watch because you just don't imagine you'd ever see this. But here it is on Nitro, Regal versus Mysterio. This, to me, exemplifies what I love about pro wrestling. It can be so different. I mean, look at these different styles. We just saw a hurricane Rana into a pinning combination. And now Regal's got one hell of a submission hold here. He can be like a bendable type of guy. He might make it to that rope. Trying to get there. Mysterio is underneath it. Randy Anderson's right on top of this one. He's at the rope. And then Regal talking trash to a guy, a little guy to mask the whole time. Just really, really great stuff here. Oh, Regal refused to break the hold. Throwing this match out. He's going to disqualify Regal here. That's what it looks like. Regal wouldn't break the hold, but then Mysterio's fingers came off the rope. Yes, Randy Anderson has asked for the bell. Regal will not. Meltzer would say he talked a lot about the height differences here, and he said it made the match hard to take seriously. I, I totally disagree. I think that's what made it interesting. And here comes your favorite, Prince Ikea. <laughs> Regal's got something for him too. Gonna One of the most underrated ass. barefoot stars in the history of professional wrestling right there. Prince Ikea should be in a category all of his own. I can't imagine how you go out there and work in your bare feet. Riddle does it too. Don't get it. It's fucking creepy. You'd be stepping on shit all the way to the ring. I don't know. Don't get it. Whatever. I like my feet protected. Like I hate when people step on my feet. I fucking hate that. Can't imagine being in the ring, bare feet, 250 pound sons of bitches stepping all over your feet. Oh, brutal. Steven Regal. Here's, here's what's, here's the, here's my takeaway in this match. First of all, great match. Yep. Two different styles. Challenging to say the least. Ray Mysterio is relatively new in his career at this point. Not that he didn't have a ton of experience. He did. But in terms of being primetime television, um, working, you know, Ray Mysterio's in there with a much more senior uh, competitor in Steven Regal. I think there was a fair amount of respect shown there by Ray Mysterio. I think Ray Mysterio toned his stuff down, his style, to help make that chemistry between these two guys uh, work. They probably had never worked together before. I think that's probably a safe bet. Um, so rather than turn up the volume on what Mysterio did well to, sh- to showcase Ray, Ray, I think, dialed it down just a little bit and changed his style to help make the match work, and it, and it did. And that's what's fun to watch for me is not just guys going out and getting their shit in, but to tell a great story 
in the ring and in and do it in a way where you're combining two completely different styles. It's fun. To, it's fun to watch. More NWO members pulling up here. Kevin Nash talking to Sean Waltman and Buff Bagwell. Can't hide from you guys, can we? We have to step away. But the NWO has arrived in much different fashion tonight. Let's go to some of the stills last night from Frank Stampede. One of the things I wanted to bring up, first of all, I loved Regal's performance there. He leaves two guys laying quite the impression uh, but Meltzer would say if the company wants is serious about making Ray Mysterio, a mainstream tar, a star, they should start booking him like one. I mean, I certainly see the appeal of Ray Mysterio, but they should start booking him like one almost implies like, well, he should never lose a match. Like Regal cheated. He made the ropes. He didn't break the hold. He cheated and he lost. So Mysterio won. But certainly there's a height difference and a skill difference. And I don't know. I just, I don't think in order to be quote unquote pushed, it means you never lose. That's hard for me to wrap my head around. Well, it doesn't work. Yeah. That's why if you never lose, there's no risks, there's no stakes, there's no emotion. Entertainment is about creating emotion. And if you've got a guy that's just unbeatable, it's fun to watch for a while, Bill Goldberg, but you can't live on it can't do it forever. You've got to be able to tell a story. So I don't know what Meltzer was talking about. Neither does Meltzer 90% of the time. He's getting more and more exposed, you know, because of social media, you know, he was able to get away with a lot of his stupid shit and that little bubble of dirt sheet readers, you know, the dirt sheet wrestling community, as I refer to them, who still exist and still have a voice. Um, But he lives in that bubble. And now that, He's being exposed, social media, podcasts, by people who are able to call him out in a credible way for the first time in his miserable little career. Um, It's fun to watch. I I love seeing it. I don't even have to do it much anymore. Neither does Bruce. Everybody else is doing it for us. So let's talk a little bit about, um, I don't know the 30,000 flight view. Like you get to look back now with the benefit of hindsight. I've never asked you this, uh, mm-hmm. but we see Chris Benoit coming to the ring. Now, in your opinion, what was the bigger mistake? What was the thing you wish you had a bigger do over on a, the finger poke of doom B the way you beat Goldberg the first time or C having closure to the NWO storyline. Oh, closure. Yeah. Closure. That was such a, yeah, closure. I mean, such an amazing story. Had it kind of evolved the way we wanted it to evolve originally with with regard to thunder and the two, two factions having their own shows and all that had that actually worked out might've been pretty cool. Um, but yeah, definitely. It, it was an, it was the greatest story ever told that never had an ending. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck hated that still do. So by now, you know, the fed has raised interest rates and they're telling us they're going to raise rates six more times this year. What does that mean for you? It means waiting will only cost you money. If you've been thinking about building, if you've been thinking about buying, if you've been thinking about refinancing the time to act is now waiting will cost you money. 
I urge you, I encourage you, just let us run the numbers for you. If you want to buy a house, go to buywithconrad.com. If you want a lower monthly payment, go to savewithconrad.com. And I know what you're thinking. Man, can I really save money if rates are going up? Absolutely. Because if you've got credit card debt, if you've got a second mortgage, if you need to make improvements to your home, there's not a better, easier, faster, more economical, cheaper way to borrow this money than to use your current equity in your house. Here's what we're talking about. All of a sudden, our houses are worth more than ever in the last couple of years because the real estate market is hot, 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 daddy. Now, what you do with this debt, once you owe that debt, is up to you. So if you don't do what I'm encouraging you to do and go to savewithconrad.com, man, just keep making the minimum payments. Now, they're going to jack up your interest rates on your credit cards, too. Just so you know, we're not just talking about home loan rates, but all the money is about to get more expensive. Now, you're right now sitting at an interest rate on your credit cards that's way too high. I don't know how high, but you may not either. Is it 19%? Is it 29%? Here's what I know. It's going up. And if you feel stuck, if you feel like you're making the minimum payments, if you don't feel like you have a real plan to get out of debt, now's the time to make that plan, baby. Savewithconrad.com. We can help you knock out all that debt, even let you skip your next two house payments, and more importantly, pay your house off faster. When we're really talking about saving on a refinance, the term is the killer. If the bank can trick you into giving them 29% of your gross monthly income every month until you die, it's mission accomplished for them. Don't take my word for it. Throw it in your Google machine. Mortgage is Latin for pledge until death. They put you in this thing to keep you beholden to them every month until you die. That's not the American dream. The dream is to get out of debt. I want to help you get out of debt today. Make a stand today. Tell the banks to stick it, brother. We're going to show them how to get out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments. If you got car loans, check. I can handle that. You got credit card debt, check. I can handle that. Oh, and here's a pop quiz for you. Have you always wanted to do one thing to your house? Whether we're talking about upgrading your kitchen, upgrading your bathroom, putting in a pool, putting in a man cave, let's make someday today. All that's going to do is make your house worth even more. You're going to create even more equity. But at the same time, you're going to get those repairs or improvements done with no money out of pocket. You hear me? Why would you not do this? Get the dream house with the dream payment right now at SaveWithConrad.com. And if you're still throwing your money away on rent, I urge you, I encourage you, this is the year to take action. There is no stopping this real estate boom right now. I cannot believe what's happening, and I want you to be a part of it. Had you done it two years ago, you'd already be rolling in the dough, baby. What's that old proverb? The best time to plant a tree was 100 years ago. The second best time is now. Something like that. The second best time to buy a house is now. Find out how much money you can save when you stop throwing your money away on rent and you actually build some wealth for yourself at buywithconrad.com. And, buddy, we're licensed in almost all the states. Don't take my word for it. I know it sounds weird. Wait, the podcast guy about wrestling can help me save money? Go check out my reviews, conradreviews.com. You'll see more than 1,000 reviews. Our average is like 4.71 or 4.72. You know what that means? Pretty, pretty, pretty good. We're going to save you some cash. You're going to love it. Run the numbers with me. No cost, no obligation. Buy with Conrad if you want to buy. Save with Conrad if you want to save. Either way, I can hook you up. Savewithconrad.com, NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. 
And oh, by the way, don't be nervous about talking about your credit report. I don't care that you had a late here or there. I don't care that you had a bankruptcy back in the day. I'm not going to tell you no. Now I might say not yet, but here's how you need a plan to get out of debt. You need a plan to buy a house and I can help you with that plan at savewithconrad.com or buywithconrad.com. Hey man, maybe you don't want to do that. Give us a call 888-425-0105 or just drop me a line. Yes. Email me conrad at savewithconrad.com. Well, here we go, man. We're going to have ice train and Chris Benoit here. I want to mention that coming out of uh, spring stampede Meltzer would say the plan is to make WCW's, uh, Starcade their WrestleMania wrong. Never happened. Conversation never took place. Bullshit. Hang on. And the idea is we're finally going to pay off sting and Hogan in December. Never had the the two things had nothing to do with each other. That was just the story. Big was the, the timing of the story. And we wanted it to be a long-term storyline. It had reached the point by, I don't know, second quarter of that year that it was like, okay, we can, we can only, we can only get away with this for so long. We've got to bring this thing to the main event at the right time. And it was just happened to be Starcade. It had nothing to do with making Starcade the number one, our, our WrestleMania. That's just not true. But you can see why people would think that. No, I can't. Okay. Well, let's talk about it. Do they usually right. do the biggest match of the year for WWE at backlash? Do they do it at King of the ring? Do they do it at money in the bank? Do they do it at hell in a cell? Do they do it at the Royal rumble? Do they do it at SummerSlam or do they do it at WrestleMania? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Tapping out on that one. You got me. I mean, yes, I, I, I can see why people would connect those dots. I, I could see why they could connect those dots, but to report it as a fact, when you're just making an assumption based on what WWE had previously done or even WCW, um, that's the part I disconnect with, but yeah, I can see how Someone would think that. I just don't see how someone would report that unless they had insight. Well, I mean, he did get it right. You were planning on doing Hogan's thing. I guess that's what I was trying to ask is you knew here in April, here's what we're doing. I don't know that we knew that in April. Okay. I don't, I mean, we may have, we may have, we knew it was going to end. You know, we, we knew what the end of the story was going to be, but I don't think in April anybody had decided whether that was going to happen at Halloween Havoc or that was going to happen at Starcade. We knew it was coming at the end of this year. We, I just don't think we really had made up our minds as to when. Pretty uh, fun uh, nitro here. Looks like Chris Benoit is going to make short work of ice train. What's your favorite ice train story? Do you have any fun ice train stories at all? No, I don't really have very many fun stories about anybody. I, well, that's not, that's not ice true. train. I I'm, I'm going to have to dig into my ice train memory catalog. I don't think we had, I liked ice train. We were, we were 
you know, we had a great relationship. He was a very positive, happy guy and loved what he was doing and never had an issue with him. But I don't know that I have a funny story about him. We see Chris Benoit get a win here. Uh, I want to mention this show had 6,058 paying fans. The total gate was $83,711. And Meltzer reminds us this is the first nitro that didn't sell out in seven weeks. If you're a wrestling promoter and you're living or you're listening to this, let me make a strong recommendation for you. Don't ever run Huntsville. Never run Huntsville. Why is that? Huntsville is not a draw. Huntsville does not support anything. Uh, we don't sell anything out. Sellouts are very, very rare here for anything, not just wrestling, literally anything. Uh, now there's got to be a reason for that. Look at Jean-Claude Van Damme. Where, well, that, I think this is promoting Dennis Rodman's movie here. Let's track it. Fans were on hand for this big world premiere in the Windy City, and they were all centered around the superstars, Hollywood Hulk Hogan there, of course. The cat's out of the bag. Everybody knows the Rodman connection. It's me and the sister, you know what I'm saying? We get it. Hey, but congratulations. You guys are great, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, I've seen it already. They're great in the film. Thank you. So how about the association? I guess this was part of the deal though. You're going to help Dennis plug his movie, right? I don't even know if that was part of the deal or just something that we felt like it would be, it would benefit WCW, um, may have been part of the deal. I'm not suggesting that I wouldn't have done it, but I don't, the motivation here was getting the rub. You know, you've got Hulk Hogan, Dennis Rodman, Jean-Claude Van Damme, say what you will laugh if you choose. But at this point in time, Jean-Claude Van Damme was kind of a big damn deal. 100%. And it's a movie, and it's good for WCW. So whether it was a transactional opportunity or just something that we went, hey, fuck yeah, let's do that. It makes us look better. Money is not in your league. The deal is, huh? the deal is, nobody's in your league. That's why you're with the NWO, That's my right, friend. That's right, baby. New World Order, baby, coming July 13th. In their home near you. Dennis is so cool. He was damn right. He was downright pretty there too. Lord, listen to you. <laughs> so, um, this is the era where the NWO, I mean, we've already seen two separate limos dump a bunch of guys out. We're already probably maybe too big as a group. The NWO, would you agree with that? Mm, yeah, reluctantly, but yeah, I want to mention, yeah. uh, we see Hector Guerrero coming to the ring here. Uh, let's talk about Ray again, though. Ray gave birth to the couple's first child at six thirty PM. Ray gave birth. Ray's wife. I thought I said that. My apologies. Oh, you scared me. I was scared me. It is true. It can be done. Anyway, the point is two days prior to this six 30 at night, April 5th, an eight pound, nine ounce baby boy named Dominic was born. And at, 25 years later, he'd be in the ring with his dad at WrestleMania at WrestleMania. Is that not just cool? It's unbelievable. What's fun is, is in this story it's written here. It was a big joke in the locker room because Ray's boy was bigger than Kevin Nash's boy. And of course we know that, uh, well, Dominic outgrew his dad, Ray, and he was just 
over the weekend wrestling Logan Paul. Man, what a strange trip it's been for the Mysterio family here, huh? For all of us, it's cool as hell. Mm-hmm. It's such, you know the legacy, the history, the nostalgia combined with some of the exciting new stuff that's that's available today. If you're a wrestling fan, no matter who you like to watch, whether it's Ring of Honor, or Dynamite, or Rampage, or SmackDown, or Raw, whatever it is that you like, whatever it is that scratches your entertainment itch. There is a plethora, a copious amount, a cornucopia of wrestling product out there that you can enjoy. So do it, but bitch it about it and just enjoy it. So we see Miss Jackie here putting a hurting for certain on Mr. Guerrero. I didn't see Jackie this weekend either. Did you? I did not. So many people that were there that I didn't get a chance to see. I usually try to walk around and say hello to some folks, but it was pretty busy. And you, when you do that, you kind of jam up the line and kind of take attention away from the people that are busy signing stuff. So I, I didn't do it as much as I normally do, but maybe next time. That's why I like going to these events, man. You always see people that you haven't seen in a long time. It's awesome. The, uh, the other debut that happens in this era, Scott Hudson is going to start with WCW. Uh, were you hiring the announcers at the time? Is Shivani handling that? what did you think? of? Scott? I hired Scott Hudson. Tell me about that. I Scott Hudson used to come to center stage. So this is before I got into management, right? Before I became executive producer, Scott Hudson used to come to center stage and he was a writer. He, he was writing for one of the, uh, the newsletters. I say, I distinguish between newsletters at the time and dirt sheets because Scott's material. And I read it was probably as close to being covered by a real journalist as anything that I had written a lot of very little editorial details, you know, and look, you know, Wade Keller's come a long way. PW torch has come a long way. Everybody's kind of evolved, right. Gotten away from the Dave Meltzer type of dirt sheet nonsense. Most of them have leveled their game up and, but back then, Scott Hudson was one of the first that was like calling it right down the middle. He didn't have an obvious agenda. Let's put it that way. And the more I saw him, I introduced myself or he introduced himself once or twice. And I thought, this guy was a classy guy. And I just got to know him a little bit, talk to him a little bit. I thought, wow, I, this guy has a lot of credibility. Let's bring him into the fold and get him on the team. So I, I made a concerted effort to hire Scott Hudson. And I'm glad I did. He's a class dude. Very classy guy. hundred percent. Oh, here we go. Let's see what they're going to say to the camera. Now it's over. In other words, it's not over. I think I just give her the credit cards and leave it be. Wow. I don't know. Let's take a look at our Valvoline replay used by America's top mechanics. People who know use Valvoline, Larry. I love that, that we still not only see the graphic, but we're still hearing Shivani read liners for it. I mean, all these years later, 25 years later, Valvoline's still getting mileage out of this one time buy here. It's awesome. Yeah. How'd you like to calculate the CPMs on that? Man, <laughs> they bought this sponsorship for about an eighth of a cent. <laughs> Great. I think we're going to, um, oh, there you go. More still photos from the night before. 
I'm sure some of our listeners who maybe didn't grow up in this era are thinking, why aren't they just showing clips? Why are they still showing still photos? Answer is because these still photos were designed to entice you to purchase the pay-per-view. If you didn't see it live, it was still available. It was a window, I guess, of about a week or whatever after the fact. And these still photos were designed to make you want to purchase that pay-per-view, even though it wasn't live, to see the detail of it. And if you're showing footage, you're kind of giving them what you want them to pay for. So, and and I think there was actually some language within our contracts with our pay-per-view providers that we couldn't show footage. We could only show um, stills for the same reason, by the way, but that was part of the agreement as well. So here comes Hulk Hogan. I remember this like it was yesterday. Did you see Hulk Hogan anywhere this weekend? I mean, not in person, but I didn't see him on any WWE program. I didn't see him in Russell. I don't think he was there. I don't think he was there. Jimmy was there. And and I talked to Hulk the week before. He told me he was going to be there on Saturday and we were going to try to get together. But um, obviously, I, I wasn't able to go anywhere. And I didn't, I don't recall seeing him on screen. Surprised. Man, this is, uh, remember now not too far removed from WrestleMania where we saw Bret Hart and Steve Austin do the double turn. We're one night removed from spring stampede DDP's a star in the main event. And here's Hulk Hogan. I think Hulk Hogan's going to sit on the top rope. I think so. We may not have had a sellout here in this venue, but that is a damn excited crowd. Yeah. 6,000 paying fans. I'm sure that there's. With paper, there's probably 8,000 there. Oh. What does that venue hold? Uh, you know, tennis. 10. So we're about there. 70, he is. Look, 70. I told you it's said, if I remember, I'm sitting, I'm standing right across from him. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that you remember that. I just remember like looking up and he was like right across. Let's just, let's bask in this for a minute. No, Nick Patrick, who used to come out with them. Yeah, good point. I see you. I see you, head. DiBiase, gonna talk first. I'm not one to beat around the bush, gentlemen. Hold it. We're not gonna beat around the bush. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that there's some turmoil within the family. Well, we're going to end it right here tonight. It's NWO for life, gentlemen. It's one for all and all for one. So we're either going to walk out of here together or we're going to settle it right here, right now. Wow. Some hard feelings here and here and here and here for sure. And a little bit there. Hollywood, you're first. It's no big secret. There's a couple problems in the NWO. But tonight, we take care of all the family business. Because without the whole family, and you, big man, this don't mean crap. The bottom line is this. The word's out that you got a problem with me being in Chicago last week at Rodman's grand opening for his new movie. 
If you got a problem with me bringing in top athletes that can watch our back and make our family stronger, you need to let me know right now, my friend. And you and I need to air our shorts out right here in public. I'm waiting. I would never do that. I would never air my shorts in public. So this is the first time we're seeing dissension in the NWO. Yeah. I got no problem with Dennis Rodman. I used to play ball. I appreciate him as an athlete and I welcome him to the NWO. But I sat in the hotel room on Easter Sunday with my buddy six and I'm sorry if I was a little grouchy last week. What? Well, I'll tell you what, my man. Next Easter, I make sure that you get to go on an NWO Easter hunt, okay? <laughs> I'm not talking to you. Oh. If you don't have a problem with Dennis Rodman, that's half of the equation solved. Now what I want to hear from you is when, where, and why is your partner on the outside and not on the inside with us? Where's he at? What's he doing? And is he still in this thing with us? I've known Scott Hall for seven years, and I can tell you this, Hollywood, Scott Hall is NWO for life. Well, the deal goes down like this, my friend. If the rules haven't changed, the family's still a family. And by looking in your eyes right now, I can see you're burning a hole through me, my friend. So that means one of two things. Either you and your partner and your new compadres here are in this thing for life, just like you taught me. Or those x-rays, brother, that you're laying on me right now means you and I need to do the thing right now. Oh, we can have something here. Look at Macho, he's trying to hop into something. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan. And the Macho Man in the right there. I don't have to love you. To respect you. Where I come from in Detroit, Michigan, you're only as big a man as your word. When you walked out in Daytona Beach and joined me and Scott, and we sat in the back and we said, yeah, you're the man, let's do that. I gave you my word then, I'll give it to you now. We're not going around these arenas saying we're NWO for life as some kind of catchphrase. Because when you are NWO, 
It is for life. So there you go. We teased the dissension, but we're, uh, we're not breaking up. We're all here. What was the thinking here that you wanted, uh, the story behind the story? Maybe you thought maybe the WCW thing was getting stale and you thought maybe there should be some infighting. I like this, but we see not only Hogan and Nash, but Savage and Bischoff. Here we go. If me. You people don't understand that Sting is right on the borderline of getting stung. Macho, if me and the big man can see things the same way, and in all due respect, I do not want to get it on with you, my friend. If me and the big man are in this thing for life, bury the hatchet, quit acting like a couple goose, and keep this thing together with us. I'm willing to go with the flow. But just like you're on probation with Ted Turner, you're on probation with me, and in turn, I'm on probation with you. Is that cool? Works for me. So there you go. You guys have mended fences here. Talk me through the thinking of this as best you recall. Well, it's just classic storytelling. It wasn't like we were under the gun to do it. It, it, it was all right. We've got this thing. It's NWO. It's growing. It's getting bigger. We've got all this momentum, but if you go back and watch, I don't know, um, the Vikings, the series, uh, the original history channel series, great storytelling, great storytelling. And long story short, or just to, kind of Reader's Digest version, you had dissension within that family. And they fought together, they conquered together, they pillaged together, they discovered new worlds together, and then greed and ego began to take root. And inevitably, no matter how successful an organization is or a family or a faction, at some point in time, you need to create the drama, the, the, the dissension and kind of highlight the egos and, and the personalities and the conflict because conflict is what, you know, as a controversy creates cash, but really conflict is the storyline element that creates cash in a story. And we needed that internal conflict to help continue the story with the NWO without it necessarily manifesting in a finish or, or bell to bell type of match. We needed story within the story. It's the best way to say it. Well, I, uh, I dug it. It was cool to see sort of the power struggle. Here's mean gene. Welcome ladies and gentlemen, 13 time WCW 
Eric, when you're first putting together a nitro format and you're going to be competing head to head with, with raw, all of a sudden things start to become a permanent strategy that really they're still using this day. I mean, I think for a long time, people have thought, well, we need to have, you know, a strong main event. Duh. We need to have a really great story to get them started. But you started to have to think about, all right, when they're going to go on a break or when we do a changeover from hour one to hour two, and we're going to try to get these hours rated separately. The whole ball game really changes when you go head to head, chat me up and sort of talk me through as you're trying to figure out where all these puzzle pieces fit together, because you did create kind of some staples. We see guys arriving in the backstage area with limos. We see dedicated flare time. Let's take a listen to this promo and then we'll talk a little bit about how you put together a format. Check in, but you can never check out. This crowd is on its feet tonight, Ric Flair. Me! show this is is it not i mean my gosh look at the star power just on this show alone it's like bringing the beatles to huntsville it's crazy though that again to my point earlier wrestling promoters don't run huntsville i mean my gosh look at this and it's not sold out but hulk hogan rick flair roddy piper on and on and on and how fun is this going to be, man? These guys with Mean Gene and a live mic, we're just going to try to make sense of some nonsensical stuff. Here we go. Hang on, thank you. So the doctor. They're not going to quit. So the doctor. So the doctor gave you a note that says you can come out and play again. Do I got this straight? You got it straight. Now, per our discussion of last week, I'm here. We're together. How was she, Hot Rod? How was was she? Hey, my doctor gave me a letter. I'm out of the asylum. She's in the asylum. Now... 
NWO, I just saw them all standing here. Bottom line, are you kidding? It is time to strike. You see, you can play, I can play. And number 91, the all-pro linebacker from the Carolina Panthers wants to play with us. Woo-hoo, that could be fun. Kevin Green. See, this is the way I look at it. I saw that mixed up confusion in the ring with the NWO. You know, when they get all in here, the bottom line is they stink. You know, no, 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 I mean, wait, wait. I mean, they smell terrible like six dead otters in a drain pipe and they can't wrestle either. So now is the time to strike. Now is the time. You know what they are? They're a big, nasty snake. They're an anaconda, a wonder wonder, slithering down the way you kill a snake, off with the head. So what do we do? Oh, if Ric Flair says Kevin Green is okay, that's gold in my book. So let's get me to the extreme with Kevin Green. Oh, 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 oh my! Gentlemen. He looks ready. Does he ever? Kevin G. The I want, icons. I want you to know, Rowdy Roddy Piper, the freaking icon, man. Unbelievable to be here. I want you to know, Ric Flair, 13-time world champion. Awesome. I want you guys to know. I got your back, baby. I got your back and I'm not gonna let you down. I'm gonna be training hard and sweating, baby. Look at me work. Oh, they all get together on this. Watch out. Kevin Green. Hold on. Oh, no, no. Bend there. Bend there. Here we go. My God, how fun was that nonsense? Conrad, I have had so much fun. This doing this podcast over the last four years oh. spent has been so rewarding. Not only from a financial point of view, but from a, a cathartic point of view as well. But that may have been the most entertaining moment that I have shared with anybody while doing a podcast. That was just freaking awesome. Kevin Green. Rest in peace, my friend. You brought it. Yes. You brought it because you were a wrestling fan first and happened to be an NFL superstar second. Dude, that was so awesome. Thank you for that, Kevin. Such a cool moment. And look at here, young upstart named Chris Jericho. He's not yet doing uh Monday night Jericho Holics and, and, and Monday night Jericho. He's still a little bit of a white meat baby face, but we're getting there. The evolution of Chris Jericho is fun to watch. It is. And going back to the question you asked before we listened in to, uh, yeah. to Roddy and Gene and Rick, Kevin, um, the, the format for Nitro, you know, when people ask me inevitably, you know, what, what are you most proud of? Actually creating the format for Nitro is what I'm most proud of because that had the most significant impact 
on the wrestling business, as you pointed out, you know, before you asked the question that we still see to this day. Yeah. If you go back and you watch wrestling and what wrestling looked like, the format for wrestling, I'm not talking about the matches or whether it was teen or preteen or any of that. Just look at, and when I say format, a format is like looking at a schematic. If, if you're an electrician or looking at a blueprint, if you're, an, if you're a general contractor and you're building a house and the format for nitro changed everything. Yes. And one of the things that we tried to do, and look, it was learning on the job because it had never been done before, right? Nobody had ever gone head to head with Vince McMahon on national cable before. So it wasn't like we could go back into our playbook and go, okay, well, what used to work back when this guy tried it? We, 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 we learned as we went, but it became apparent to me that in this it's common sense, man, you got to grab their attention. You've got to hold that attention until the, what we call the crossover now, which nobody knew what the crossover was back then, but that middle part of the show, when you're, when your competition is going live, you've already been up for an hour. How do we hold that audience? A lot of it had to do with timing. A lot of it had to do with the analysis that we would do, you know, each and every week when the quarter hours come in or, or the minute by minutes come in and people talk about these things. Now they don't talk about them within the context of why they're important or how you should build upon them. But back then we're talking about the late nineties. I don't know what it's like today. Maybe it's different. I don't think it is, but the goal for any television show is to increase your ratings from your lead in build your quarter hours throughout your entire show, whether it's a one hour show or a two hour show or a three hour show, the goal is to build your quarter hours. So you've got an up, you know, you've got a, you've got a chart that's going up until the main event where you hopefully have the largest quarter hour that you've had throughout this whole show, because the goal from a programming strategy point of view is to have, especially during a two hour primetime window to have a show that's going to build upon the lead in and that will leave an audience for what's coming on after you to enjoy now, especially at 11 o'clock at night, that's really hard to do, but that was the goal. So the formats were created to do just that. Let's, let's hook them, give them something hot, really just bring them up to speed. What happened last week? So it all kind of fits together, um, hook their attention, build upon that, use that crossover as best you can to, convince the audience not to go check out the competition and then deliver on the main event in such a way that you've actually left your two hour show with more audience than you started with. That was the goal. And we learned over time when you're and we're talking over a phenomenal match here, but this is a good question and an example of the kind of thing that we're going to get into on strictly business over at adfreeshows.com. But building that audience and using that format and learning by looking at your minute by minutes and your quarter hours, not to, you know, come up with just broad generalizations or using data to make a point that you, you really want to make. The idea was to say, okay, where do we dip? You know, when, when you give someone like Ric Flair and Roddy Piper three minutes over a 
period of time. We've done that, you know, quite a few times now. What happens to our audience? Does it build or do we start losing people in that promo? At what point do we lose them? Do we lose them after a minute? Do we lose them after a minute 30? Do we lose them after two minutes or do they build all the way through, you know, three minutes? And the answer was always different depending on the talent, but you learn these things over time and you insert them in the show so that you can build your overall format, your blueprint. You've got a good foundation. You know where the walls are going. You know where the electricals coming in. You know where the plumbing, you know, hooks up out in the street. You've got all the mechanics of it down. Now let's add some detail to it to enhance our ability to grow our audience over a two-hour window. Long-winded answer. We got through an entire match. We didn't even comment on it. It was a great match. I apologize. Go back and watch it on Peacock. You'll be glad you did. Chris Jericho, D. Malenko. Outstanding match as usual. Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about, protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for GoliathLife.com, but to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now, and just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance, if you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance. Super easy. Goliath Life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes, and you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price, you start the online application immediately, and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath Life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliath life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. Man, just so much good stuff in this era. I mean, just think about what we've seen so far. You know, Ray Mysterio and Steve Regal, Hulk Hogan having some dissension with Kevin Nash, your issue with Randy Savage finally being settled. Uh, we just saw Jericho wrestle Malenko. We, we saw an unbelievable and fun promo with Ric Flair and Roddy Piper and Kevin Green. And we're still going. We're not done yet. Uh, I think we've got high voltage and public enemy here. I want to mention here. It's reported in the observer. The original plan was for the NWO to come out and accept that challenge that was put out there by Kevin green, Rick flair and Roddy Piper. Uh, but the feeling is that Hogan didn't want to do the six man. So now they're going to have hall Nash and six in the match instead. And supposedly, uh, Piper and, and flair didn't feel like Waltman was worthy of being in that spot and that it should have been a Hulk Hogan spot. And it should have been all of their quote unquote top guys. But the observer says Hogan didn't want to do it. I would think as a quote unquote booker, I would want someone like Waltman to get in there and make sure that we can add some camouflage to shortcomings to the other side. I mean, you've got a, a relative newcomer here 
and, and Kevin green. I mean, he had been around a little bit, but now he's in a pay-per-view main event in his hometown. If I'm trying to ensure success, I want to do what I can to get Waltman involved there. Yeah. And look, always different opinions. Sometimes there's not a right and a wrong, you know, sometimes there's no right way to do something or no wrong way to do something with the case of Hulk Hogan. The idea from the get go with Hulk was to not overbook him in matches. Yes. For a variety of reasons to treat him as special, to put him into a class where you're constantly building to a moment between he and someone else and putting a guy like Hulk Hogan in a six band tag. I know the reasons why everybody wanted to do it. And I know the reasons why some people felt like we weren't putting our best foot forward by not including him in it, but you have to have the perspective. You have to have that 33,000 foot altitude perspective on things. Yes. It would have made sense in the short term, but you got to protect talent. It's a big part of really learning how to build your brand and build business and build your ratings over time. And I'm not suggesting that I always did a great job at that, but you have to protect your talent. You know, Goldberg was an example, an example of somebody we protected for a different reason, obviously over a length of time sting. We protected his character as the crow. We protected that despite a lot of, you know, urges and tendency and conversation and pressure, you know, to bring it along faster. You've got to be able to resist that. And a guy like Hulk Hogan at that stage in his career, the icon that he was, what he represented less was more. We wanted to hear from Hulk a lot because that helped build anticipation, but seeing him in a six man tag, I'm sorry, that just still to this day makes no sense. And let's, let's be clear. It's hard to argue your success, uh, on this particular night, nitro did a 3.7 rating. Do you want to guess what raw did Eric? 2.8, 2. 2.2. Whoa. That's a whooping. Damn. That's a whooping. Uh, Meltzer's also going to bring up the uh, original story with Flair's injury was that Hall, Nash, and six beat him up with baseball bats and put him out of action. But that point is really just brought up here in the observer because it's been ignored almost completely on television. Do you think there, there should be, and maybe they have them these days. I don't know. But do you think there should have been some sort of a, a continuity person involved in WCW back then? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And and that's not to say that, you know, we didn't have a person or two or three that did their best. Um, but things still got, things still fell through the cracks. We weren't as good at it as we should have been. No, no question about that. And it's, and I'll be the first one to bust my own balls here. You know, um, that's basic. That's basic television producing. You know, the, the great television is nothing but kind of like the assimilation of a lot of really great entertaining details. That's right. And the more details you omit and gloss over, um, the harder it is to tell a great story. Details are so important in story. They're important to the backstory. They're important to the story itself. And you can easily lose viewers by dismissing or overlooking key details like that. 
Learn that one the hard way. <laughs> Boy, the conspiracy theorists were out for this match. We just saw high voltage beat public enemy. Yeah, you heard me. Public enemy lost a high voltage. Now, the reason I bring this up is the weekend after this six days later, ECW has their very first pay-per-view barely legal. And the very next day. So one week after this, you're going to be running nitro in Philadelphia, just a day after ECW is barely legal. And boy, the boo birds were out who said, well, you plan to be at that nitro to to hurt barely legal and you beat public enemy here because they're an ECW act right before their pay-per-view. I'll let you respond after we hear from public enemy here. You know, it's like this. Sometimes it works for you and sometimes it works to get you, but that's something Flyboy Rocco's got to live with and I got to live with, but it's all good. All right, Gene. Yes, sir. High voltage. You did good. Real good, but you may have started something you can't finish. You know we are the originators of the Philadelphia Street Fight. Uh-oh. And we challenge you next Monday night, live Whoa. in our hometown, Philadelphia, to an old-fashioned Philadelphia Street Fight. And the only rules are, there are no rules. I like that a lot. Thank you, And gentlemen. when we come to the ring... We won't be there for a long time, but we'll be there for a good time. And it's time for us to put the E in excitement in WCW. So let's go back to our roots, and we might have to get a little bit extreme. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Tony, back to you. Come on, man. You're not going to like what I'm about to tell you. And neither was anyone listening to this, but I tell you the truth. You may not like the truth. The truth may not be satisfying for you. If you're one of those people that dive into the dirt sheet conspiracy bullshit, but I didn't even know that. I didn't even know about the WC ECW pay-per-view. It wasn't on my horizon. Now I will also tell you, I didn't book this show. I oversaw it. I approved it. I was involved in some aspects of it, but Kevin Sullivan may have been aware of it. Yeah. Sullivan may have decided, Oh, this will be a nice little shot or it'll create controversy. Or maybe Kevin Sullivan thought, Hey, we've got this great tag team here called high voltage. When you bring in a hot team like public enemy, they've they're already over. We need to get our guys over. Let's do it. That's how you build talent. I'm not arguing uh, that. I, and I like I, it. I, I can't put myself in Kevin Sullivan's mind, but I can tell you that I personally was not involved in any discussion about the finish of this match. That was any way, shape or form relative to what ECW was or was not doing. All righty then. Well, no, come on now. No, just tell me the truth. I, I'm with it. I believe you. I do. I just know that we're going back to, I mean, I feel bad. Johnny Grunge said, we're going to put the E in excitement for WCW. <laughs> and then you could tell after he said it, he's like, his lips were still moving. Like, oh man, I don't, he should have said, I'm going to put the think. E back in WCW. Well, he was cutting an ECW promo and got lost halfway through clearly. That's uh, all right. Um, 
Oh my gosh. Would you look at this? I got to put up with him on Tuesdays and now I got to deal with him on Mondays too. Here he comes. Double J with Steve McMichael, or at least that's what the Chiron says. Did it say, I missed that. Did it say, did it identify Deborah McMichael as Steve McMichael? Well, I mean, I think it says she was with him. The idea being it's tactic. So much trouble along with Arn Anderson, trying to mold this horseman, trying to keep it as a unit. I don't understand. She said it to the camera. She said, I don't know where Steve is. And, and she correct should. Me, correct me if I'm wrong. You're right, she should. Didn't she didn't concerned. No, that's what I was going to say. She did not seem too concerned about the disappearance. So here we go. We're supposed to have Mongo and Jeff Jarrett taking on the Harlem Heat here. With sensational Sherry, I love anytime I see Sherry get in the ring, I'm going to get excited because you don't know what she's going to do. She was crazy. But hey, congratulations, Charmel, WWE Hall of Fame. Absolutely. She started out as a Nitro girl. <laughs> Come on. You got your first Nitro girl in the Hall of Fame. There we go. How cool is that? So, uh, Booker T, WWE Hall of Famer. Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer. It's a little uh, weird to think about all the different lives that Jeff Jarrett has. He just Jeff just threw a really good. I know it's like a little thing, right? But I, sometimes the little things are what get me most excited when they're done well. That punch that Jeff just threw a second ago and the way Booker sold it, the timing of it, it was so clean. That looks so believable and real. I wish I'd see, I wish we'd see more stuff that looked real and believable, not just exciting and cool, but real and believable. Jeff and a simple known, punch can, a simple punch can be one of those things. I think, uh, everybody almost unanimously thinks Jerry Lawler has the best punches in wrestling. I think there's something about that Lawler style that a lot of those guys, Jared in particular, I mean, Lawler was his favorite wrestler, but that Memphis style punch, man, it just works. Doesn't it? It does because it looks real. Yeah. You know, and like I said, I want to be redundant. There's a lot of things that look really cool, but they don't look real. Right. It it looks like you're watching a animated action cartoon, but a simple punch at the right point in time can take you out of that. Oh, I'm just watching wrestling too. Oh my God. Did you see that? That had to hurt. Yeah. That's the magic. And that's when it gets real. It's really fun. Jeff was uh, at the table next to me this past weekend. And there was a young man that came up with his family and really wanted very young man, really wanted to do that. Jeff Jarrett strut Jeff went out there. It was such a class act taught this young man learning disability um, to go out there and do that strut. And I just saw this kid who came up to the table, was intimidated, probably awkward at, at best. Um, and he just came to life. He's out there strutting with Jeff Jarrett in front of his family and his friends. It was it brought a tear to my eye. It was one of the coolest moments of the weekend for me. It was really cool. Hats off to Jeff for doing that. I mean, that's what wrestling's all about, is it not? It should be. It should be. It's fun. It's a fun thing to experience. It's a fun thing to experience with your friends and your family. 
And those moments like that, when you can see how someone like Jeff Jarrett has the ability to connect with a fan in a way that makes them feel like it's like the best day of their lives. If you don't appreciate that, you shouldn't be at these conventions. You shouldn't be in the entertainment business at all. Do, do something else. But if you do appreciate the ability to touch people that way, professional wrestling is one of the greatest, greatest places to live. So no, no hide, no hair. We've seen nothing of Mongo in the Harlem heat here. Just having their yeah, clearly Deborah's not doing him any good at all. What the hell? Where's Deborah? She should at least be, of course, she's afraid of, all right. She's not going to get too, she's not going to get too involved because Sherry Martel's on the other side of the ring, but come on. Why would you trade in Steve McMichael for Deborah when it comes to a wrestling match? Get it. Dissension. Yeah. I don't think uh, Mongo's too happy with Mr. Jarrett. When was the last time you talked to Mongo? Uh, I was at a convention in Houston uh, this past, might have been fall, September, October. And uh, Rick was there. Rick Flair was there. And Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and we were all sitting together backstage and uh, in between events. And Rick you know, you know, Rick better than I do at this point, you know, he just loves to call people on the phone randomly and share the, share the good time he's having. And he did, and he called Mongo. We all had a chance to talk to Mongo for a while on the phone and he was Mongo, man. He told me one of the most ridiculous jokes I've ever heard that I won't repeat even on my own podcast, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but he was Mongo, man. He was in great spirits, great sense of humor, kind of making light of his situation. And, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. I'm glad I did it. Man, look at that double standing suplex on Jeff. Jeff's getting his ass whooped in here. I mean, that kick out that see that kick out even looked believable. Like he, he, it worked, but man, he had to put some steam on that kick out to get out of that three count. That's awesome. He's criminally underrated. You know, I think a lot of people, myself included, we hated the persona and the gimmick so much that we just, you know, we got lost in it. And now I'm actually getting to pick his brain about wrestling. And man, that's been fun. My world. And I think, days. I think in the ring, in, as far as technically the things Jeff did so well in the ring, definitely underrated, you know, just mastered the fundamentals was able to build upon those fundamentals and work with anybody. He was so good. So good. And, you know, I, I, even when I worked with Jeff and TNA and I didn't really get close to Jeff, Jeff and I, Jeff and I up, up until probably the last year have always had a friendly, but kind of distant relationship throughout the periods of time that I've known Jeff and worked with him. Um, but even in TNA, when I didn't really understand what was going on behind the scenes at TNA and drama and the stuff going on with the Carter family and Karen. And it was, it was a mess, but I, I didn't know it. I wasn't part of any of that. Jeff was kind of semi removed from TNA while I was there. But at one point in time, you know, it was okay. We were just back in the fold. We got to take advantage of Jeff and you know, how, how should we work with Jeff? And immediately I would tag him in on, 
when it came to matches, yeah, we tell the we 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 have the story on paper, but when it came to executing in the ring, nobody better to do that than Jeff Jarrett. Not that Jeff ever wanted to be a producer, but if he ever decided he wanted to be a producer, um, very few people can do it and teach it. Jeff Jarrett's one of them. He can do and he can teach. Oh, somebody's coming. There we go. Who's coming? Oh, oh there he comes. And you're right. He looks pissed. He Steve McMichael making his way down like a man that has a plan. He is on a mission, and I wouldn't want to be Jeff Jarrett right now. That's all I'm saying. Calmly walking down. Now, what is he going to do? Come to work. Is he going to go after Jeff, or is he going to help Jeff win? Come on, you've seen this. What's he going to do? It feels like this is not going to go Jeff's way. If I had to guess, reaches out and Jeff. Jeff Oh, Mongo's taking care of business. A little late to the dance, but effective nonetheless. Clotheslines for everybody. Body slams for everybody. Wow, that looked pretty good, Mr. McMichael. Three-point turn and took the knee out. Clothesline to the back of the head. Good stomp there. Booker T on the receiving end of a really good-looking stomp. What's he doing here? Hey! Come on, baby! Oh, man, that's what he's Don't doing, take hey. Why would he tag in Jared at this point of the matchup? Jeff Jarrett gamely tries to get in the ring, can barely stand. They need pushed him into a homestead kick one. Good night. Three. Oh, this is bad for the horseman. I love this. This was well done. Trying to get his woman back. See, he ain't worth shit. Why would you choose him over me? We We know when Anderson gets surgery tomorrow. Right now, as we look at this, we realize that the horsemen have major problems within two members. You know, I know why Harlem Heat won there. They were using breathe right strips. They could breathe better. Yes, they could. Do those things work, by the way? Do you know? Oh, yeah, they work. I need to get one of those. I'm going to try one tonight. This time of year here in Wyoming, spring is coming. Cactuses are starting to flower. All kinds of things are going on out there in the back 40. And, uh, yeah, it hits me pretty hard. So I'm going to go get me some breathe right strips. Oh, dude, I sleep great with them. I, I, we got DDP on them now too. Really? Yeah. That's some bitch snores. Oh, DDP does. Oh my God. I used to travel with him back before I was making any money and had any stroke. We'd share a room. Fucking weirdest experience in the world, sharing a room with DDP on the road. First thing he does, you get to your hotel room. You've got to get to the arena. You got about an hour and a half, two hours, take a shower, whatever you're going to do, grab a bite to eat, then go to the arena. This is back in the day. He and I are doing color and play by play together, right? And we're doing some hosting ins and outs, that type of thing. Paige likes to drive. So I get to Paige's house. He goes, okay, let's take my car. I get into his car. The back seat of his car looks like a fucking deli. He's got plastic containers full of stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, you're going to be gone for less than 12 hours. What are you going to do with all this food? The answer is he eats that shit. 
Because after we get about halfway down the road, he says, oh, brother, can you drive? Then you drop, man, I got to eat, I got to eat. So he's eating and he's stuffing his face. And we finally get to the room. And then the before he does anything, he pulls out this black curtain and tape and he blacks out all the light in the room. I mean, it's pitch black in this room at two o'clock in the afternoon. He brought his, he brought his own I, curtain. I like daylight. Huh? He brought his own curtain and tape. Yeah. What do they call it? There's a there's a name for this black. You know, you see it on production shoots all the time. I can't remember what it's called, but it's just like this cloth fabric. He cut it to size and he taped it up with black masking tape all over the place. <sighs> yeah, it was fun. Okay. Freaky. Keith Dingle, I love pain. And baby, knowing that, every dog has his day. Every one of you should be afraid. Be very afraid. Thank you very much, gentlemen. He didn't answer my question. He's not going to answer any questions. As a matter of fact, I don't think we've sorted a whole lot out here. But that uh, has kind of come to be with these two gentlemen a little friction. So yeah, that whole Jarrett Mongo thing just feels like it will never end. It feels like it's been going forever. Meltzer would say this after the match, Jarrett and Deborah asked Steve where he was and Steve following in the WCW tradition was apparently supposed to say something to the effect of how mad he was that flair was teaming with his enemy, Kevin green. Anyway, if they put English subtitles under the gibberish, but Michael said in that interview, that's the gist of what he was saying. So he's upset that he picked another football, Ric Flair, the leader of the four horsemen picked another football player to be on this six man with Roddy Piper instead of Mongo, which I guess, yeah, fair point on paper makes a little bit of sense. Kind of makes Steve come out to look like a bitch in a little bit of a way, uh, creatively speaking, I don't know that that was the best idea, but I guess on paper kind of made sense at the time. Um, here's a question from, uh, Yambag Jones over at adfreeshows.com. He wants to know, since this seems to be the start of teasing the NWO breakup, were there ever any other ideas besides a second group for what would happen to break them up? No, I think the red and black was, a, that was it. I don't think there was any other discussion about that. Not the, no, I don't think there was. Uh, Mitchell Barnett from adfreeshows.com wants to know, Eric, what'd you feel personally for DDP after his win over the macho man, seeing as you two were personal friends, what that could have meant for his career going forward. I didn't think too much about what it was going to mean for his career going forward. Um, but I did appreciate and kind of live vicariously through him in terms of what he overcame to get where he ultimately ended up. That was a fun journey to watch, both from a, a television point of view, but more importantly, uh, just watching my friend overcoming his challenges and doing what somebody told him could never be done. You know, when you watch that actually happen in front of you and it's someone close to you, how do you not enjoy that? Just to give everybody the context of what we're seeing here, as we see Sonny Ono coming to the ring here, sporting a new Japan shirt as he's helping Ultima Dragon of the ring. By the way, 25 years later, they're still together. They were at WrestleCon together. Um, I just want to mention two years prior to this, 
1995, the U S champion was sting. The TV champion was Arn Anderson. Two years later here, you've got Dean Malenko and, uh, Ultimo dragon as those. Well, at least for a few more minutes, it's Prince Ikea. Um, as a reminder, Prince Ikea came out earlier in the show to save Ray Mysterio from the beating that Lord Steven Regal was putting on him. So for his troubles, he got stretched out and left laying. Now that we've seen them wrap his ribs up in the backstage area in a vignette backstage. And now here he is, he being Prince Ikea pronouns, pal to defend his TV title against the Ultimo dragon. And thankfully this nonsense experiment comes to an end here. All this Prince Ikea jazz comes to a head here in like two minutes. Why, why, why did you call it an experiment? Well, I'm trying to get the guy over. Well, it didn't work. Well, it's beside the point. It's the effort that mattered. Yeah. Well, that's why it's an experiment. Cause sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. He's selling those ribs. Prince Ikea, though, doing a good job selling those ribs, keeping the character where the character needs to be. Ray Mysterio going after those ribs. Oh, have you ever had a broken rib, Conrad? No, don't want one either. Oh, man, even a bruised rib. Oh, it's the worst. I remember once when I was a kid, I went to a go-kart track in, in Detroit, and, you know, like for 50 cents or 30 cents or whatever it was, you get like six laps in a go-kart. It was always fun. But one day I was at this go-kart track and I was hanging over the fence. Like I propped myself up. I was like maybe 10 years old, pushed myself up. It was a two by four across the top of this fence. And it was looking down. I was waiting my turn in line for my go-kart ride. And I'm looking down over it. You know, two by fours right across my ribs and somebody lost control of the go-kart. Boom. Right where I was standing the, the two by four and the fence catapulted me about three feet into the parking lot. I had bruised or broken ribs. Don't know which hurt for six freaking months. Every time I coughed, every time I sneezed, if I laughed, if I hiccuped, whatever, it hurt like hell. So I don't know what that's got to do with this match, but whatever. Let's talk about something. You know, we, we got the tease earlier. Uh, Meltzer would say this, there's tons of behind the scenes heat in regard to the different factions. There's the Kevin Sullivan faction, the Hulk Hogan faction of which Kevin Nash seems to be the most vocal member. The interview that Nash did ending the show on March 31st, which would have been a week prior to this was totally not what it was supposed to be. Sullivan wanted him to do a promo running down Hogan and Bischoff for not being there and going to the Rodman thing instead, which he did as an idea for a one week storyline to build up this week's ratings, which it did. But Sullivan also asked him to run down Scott hall, which he refused to do apparently believing it was some kind of trick and instead praised hall and did the best or the rest of his interview talking about how little Napoleon, Kevin Sullivan was backstage giving orders. All this shoot stuff makes for fascinating TV for some people. But it's one thing if it's Brett and Sean using it as ammo to sell tickets for an eventual match. It's another to do it this way and waste TV time airing real stuff on a fake TV show. Well, it's just kind of unprofessional. So what do you remember about the politics of wrestling? It feels like at some point Nitro was just this great big party that you enjoyed you know, steering the ship for every week. And it was fun day in, day out. And then 
it changed. And I know you tell us about that meeting in the North tower in 1998, when all that happened, but here in 97, we'll call it the spring of 97. Is this really the first time you started to see, Hey, wait a minute. Guys are starting to get a little territorial, a little political, or was it always that way? And this is the first time it just made the newsletter. No, it's it. Look, you, it was always that way. Now there was different levels of kind of heightened political gamesmanship that would go on at any one given time. But anybody that thinks that that stuff didn't exist prior to nitro or in WCW at least, or afterwards, it never lived it and it was never there. But I will say this in 97, while there may have been moments where personal issues or egos had to be dealt with overall, the morale could not have been better. Yeah. In 97. Yes. You're always, when you, when you get a hundred creative, talented, driven, passionate people in a fucking room, what do you think is going to happen? Occasionally you're going to have differences of opinions. Your egos are going to kick in newest member of the WWE hall of fame. One of them, Scott Steiner making his way to the ring. You're always going to have that. But in 97, it really wasn't a big problem. So as a reminder, we're supposed to be getting a, uh, a big main event here, Scott Steiner versus the giant, but Conan and Hugh Morris attack Scott before the match. Giants here to try to make the save and run them off. Meltzer says at this point, the show was running so long. They were scheduled to have a five minute match, uh, big show and, and Scott Steiner, but it didn't happen because we're short on time and boy, the fans are booing in a big way. Now it doesn't matter because nitro is going to get a 3.69 rating and a 6.03 share. Meanwhile, Raw had two Steve Austin matches and Ken Shamrock squash on Vernon white, a little bit of blood there. That got a 2.19 rating and a 3.44. This is one of the biggest margins thus far. A firm, firm, easy win for WCW here. But maybe an ill-timed show because we don't get a regular main event here. Let's track it. Could not wrestle. Maced in the eyes. Are we going to have a match or not here? I don't know. Apparently not. Let's take a look last night once again at what happened at Spring Stampede. So again, we're, we're recapping this pay-per-view all night. Again, in this era, the replays of the pay-per-views aired on Tuesday. So if you didn't get to watch this last night, we're trying to sell you on the importance with these still photos in an effort to get you to buy another pay-per-view tomorrow night. Um, so that's what we're doing, but we're coming back here and uh, I think we're going to have some, some fun promo time here from DDP and maybe, uh, a nice little surprise. Let's track this and we'll, we'll put a bow on it. I want to talk about new Japan and I want to talk about Antonio Pena, uh, two more questions. And then we'll, we'll wrap this week's up last night. The encore presentation begins tomorrow night. Call your local cable operator. This is completely unannounced. Completely unexpected, but he has the ring, this man, DDP. You know, last night in Tupelo, Mississippi, at Spring Stampede, in the main event, 
I faced one of the biggest superstars in the world of professional wrestling. Now, if you asked anybody just two years ago if DDP could ever be a main eventer, they'd say you were nuts. But you know what? I an anomaly. What is an anomaly? Something that wasn't supposed to happen. But I did happen, and I happened to you, Savage! It all started uncensored when you painted my wife up and down with that NWO crap. But last night, late at night, when I found out you were dragging her around by her hair, and you were going to smack my wife upside the head, if I'd have found you, sucker, I'd have killed you. Because sometimes winning just isn't enough. I know you're hurt, low life. Well, so am I. And I say you got any guts. Uh-oh. You get out of here right now. And let's do it again now. You know, we are looking at a man who is very, very brave, determined. Because here's a man who we have said many times, who brought up the point last night, realizes if he is going to call out a member of the NWO, that he's going to have to contend with the entire group. That's the way they operate. So here comes Savage hopping along on his crutches and, uh, still selling in a big way, the physicality from the night before. It's pretty cool to see DDP out here in public, all bruised up, all taped up, got the ice packs and whatnot, trying to sell the, uh, physicality from the night before. And here comes Hulk Hogan to stop the macho man. Sting just rappelled down into the aisleway between DDP and the NWO, reaches in his trench coat, pulls out his bat, points it at Hogan. A face-to-face showdown between Sting and the New World Order. Throws the bat over his head without looking. DDP catches it. Fans go wild. All right, so we can we can agree that the uh, match that didn't happen 
probably happened because of a timing issue. Yes. But this should have closed this the show. The you end a show. Yes. This is the way you end a show. Correct. Is there anybody watching this right now that isn't going to tune in next week? No, I mean, what they're seeing on this show. Absolutely. I want to watch it right now. And I know what happened. Such great stuff. This was a classic nitro and one from Huntsville. And it was a little weird that I got to go back and watch it with you, but what a fun moment in my fandom and so many other, you know, kids watching at home sting repelling down shoulder to shoulder with DDP with baseball bats, uh, stopping the NWO Kevin Nash and, and Hulk Hogan seemingly putting their differences aside. Man, Nash just got nailed with a drink right there. Antonio Pena has filed suit against WCW claiming the Mexican wrestlers they signed contracts to were done so illegally since they were all under contract to him. Originally, as mentioned before, one of the bargaining chips Pena used in starting a deal with the WWF was that all the Mexicans in WCW were doing so well in the ratings that he had under contract. Well, he could send them to the WWF who knows how this will wind up being sorted out. What do you remember about Pena's lawsuit? If anything, zero, not saying it didn't happen. Obviously it probably did, but there would have been no merit to it. Wasn't concerned about it. Wasn't involved with it. It was a legal situation. Nick Lambros would have been the one dealing with that representing WCW to Turner legal on the North side of the building, um, or the CNN center, but I wasn't involved in it. Uh, Adam Leeson wants to know, did sting ever approach Eric about wanting to get in the ring before Starcade as he was itching to compete or was he quite happy doing what he was doing? There was a lot going on in Sting's life at that point. Um, a lot of it I knew about at the time, most of it, I didn't, uh, no sting had not approached me about getting involved in the ring at all, you know, early the subject never came up. There's a report here that the national Enquirer is still discussing this whole Ray Mysterio, Jennifer Aniston story. Did you ever think of making more of that or because Ray was, you know, in a marriage, maybe that didn't make sense to even explore. I don't even remember. What was the Ray Mysterio, Jennifer Aniston story? She, she thought he was cute and apparently they dated and apparently she, she was interested in Ray and eventually so was Jenner Jameson. These are all stories in the national Enquirer. Do they, what were they, is there any truth to them or are they like Dave Meltzer dirt sheet stuff? Ray was married at the time. So, um, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. I want to ask about the new Japan volumes spoken there. Uh, new Japan had their 25th anniversary show. And, uh, apparently you were invited and a part, uh, 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 able to party a little bit, enjoy some of that. The new Japan relationship was really, really solid here at this point. Was there ever, you know, a push on their side to do more? Like, was it ever even discussed? Let's do a nitro type event in Japan. No, it never was. That was never discussed. The, The relationship was growing and there were some things discussed in terms of how we could help new Japan kind of figure out a way to replicate the pay-per-view model that WCW was enjoying, but that was really difficult in Japan for a lot of reasons. Um, pay-per-view wasn't at the state that it was in the United States and Japan. A lot of that just had to do with technology uh, more than anything. 
but no, nothing, not, nothing that I recall was discussed that didn't actually happen already. So, no. Well, next week we're going to be discussing April 21st, 1997. JJ Dillon is going to return to WCW after a seven year absence. Sting has firmly cemented his status against the NWO. Nick Patrick is trying to get in the good graces of WCW. Steven Regal is going to cut a promo on Sarah Ferguson. The NWO was going to turn up their, the heat on their rivalry with Flair Piper and Kevin green, Scott Hall's back on TV. Eric Bischoff's going to debut bite me. Reggie white will be on the program. Six is going to defend his cruiserweight title against Ray Mysterio. That's all coming up next week here as we'll revisit April 21st, 1997 in two weeks. We'll be back talking about lockdown 2012 and we'll start to wrap up your time in TNA TV, but as we're winding down for time here, I want to remind everybody Friday, May 20th and Saturday, May 21st, you and I are going to be in Wisconsin. The Oshkosh, uh, community is never going to be the same. Once Eric Bischoff struts his ass into the time community theater, it's going to be an exclusive 83 week show. It's going to be live tickets are on sale now for acwwisconsin.com. That's on May 20th in Oshkosh, myself and Eric Bischoff, ACW, Wisconsin. The next day, they've got a whole convention with Eric Bischoff, Dan Housen, Godfather, Malachi Black, a bunch of other talent. ACWWisconsin.com is where to pick up the tickets. Don't forget to tune in to Eric's new show this week on ad-free shows, talking about the business of professional wrestling. And don't you dare miss Ric Flair tomorrow night breaking down his WrestleMania eight match with the macho man, Randy Savage until next week. We are at 83 weeks. He is at E Bischoff and I am out of time. We'll see you back next week, right here on 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round together. It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.